welcome to the Property Manager Podcast, Season 3. My name is Tony Maiella, and today, as always, I'm here with Fred Tracy, Rachel Graham, and Rachel Palmashano. And today, this motley crew will be talking all about property management investor clients. Uh, so in order to get an understanding of this audience that we're seeing more and more uh, for property managers, uh, we decided to talk to one, actually, Jesse Fergale, who uh, is an expert, actually, and invests in a lot of multifamilies, uh, student housing as well. Uh, you know, we, we talked to him to get a sense of, you know, what investor clients like him look for in their services from property managers. Tony, is Jesse our first um, property investor on the podcast? Yeah, that's that's 100% true. Yeah, he's the first one. So that's why it's all the more exciting. And I think there were some really good insights to be had here. And I think this ties in really nicely with last week and um, the industry report, because I think we'll be seeing more and more investors entering the market. I think property managers will be managing for probably either investors or savvier owners. Um, with the market right now, I think it's tricky to buy properties and a lot of those smaller, you know, accidental landlords are probably going away a little bit. So I think the investor personality type and um, what they're interested in will be important for property managers to hear more about. Totally. And we were even talking about this notion even before we start recording, which is funny, right? You always wish you were recording when uh, the, the stuff is good, but the, the, the notion that property owners are becoming more and more savvy and I almost like challenge it and I was like hasn't that been happening since the very existence of the internet the answer is yes someone said <laughs> something said I forget <laughs> <laughs> no I think you're, you're right Fred and it has been happening for a while this is not something that's just overnight all of a sudden you know people have more knowledge about investing right but I think what we're seeing now and you know with the popularity of uh, you know publishers like bigger pockets for example that now it's gotten to a point where the average person has all that information and is using it more, right? And we're finally seeing like really the downstream impact of that in portfolios as a lot of accidental landlords have more recently left the housing market. So it's a it's an exciting topic. Happy to you know really excited to 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 roll it and show everybody uh, what we talked about. Let's roll it, Tony. Welcome to the Property Manager Podcast. My name is Tony Maiola, and today I'm here with special guest, Jesse Fregale. And for those of you out there looking to figure out how to market yourself, how to deliver services, uh, how to speak to your new investor clients, uh, this is your guy. Uh, Jesse creates a ton of awesome content, especially on his YouTube channel. Uh, so we're really excited to have him on the show today. Jesse, welcome. Great to have you. Hey, Tony, thanks for having me. You know, as I mentioned, uh, you can really uh, give property managers out there a perspective on investors. Uh, so first of all, could you just give me a little bit of background uh, on yourself and, and your experience in that space? Yeah, sure. So um, I started in uh, in real estate as, a, uh, as an investor um, while I was in college. I uh, started buying student rental properties. And, uh, you know, you learn fairly quickly with student rental properties that uh, managing a, a handful of students can be, um, can be a bit of a, uh, a daunting task. So originally, uh, you know, I started with one property and, uh, you know, over the years grew that to four in, in the area that I went to school um, and then two more spaces in um, outside of that area, maybe an hour and a half away uh, at other universities. And 
originally I was managing them on my own self-management, which was uh, kind of crazy because, you know, student res student residents in general, you have a number of students usually packed into a house. So a lot of uh, different, you know, dramas to, uh, to deal with as a, uh, as a single owner. So it wasn't until a few years later where, like I said, I had those two other properties that were outside of the geographical area, which kind of forced me to start looking at uh, third-party management and really trying to understand, you know, the benefits, the drawbacks, the costs. And, uh, and from there, fast forwarding to today, uh, you know, I've been in real estate now for 10, 11 years, crazy to say. Um, and yeah, we've moved from there to... It, over the years, a number of different investment properties, but primarily now my, uh, my partner and I, we focus on um, basically income producing properties in the multifamily space. That's amazing. And yeah, most recently or more recently, you've actually been featured on the Bigger Pockets uh, podcast as, as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. It was actually pretty, um, pretty cool with the Bigger Pockets podcast because that was a few years ago that I was initially on the podcast for the first time. And then you know, over the years you do different things in real estate and, you know, I don't know how our paths can't remember how our paths kind of came back uh, together. Uh, but then I started doing contributor videos for them uh, because they were looking for somebody in the commercial real estate space, but as well that, that somebody could talk to single family homes and, and multi-res and, and then, you know, that kind of snowballed into talking at the Nashville Bigger Pockets conference last year, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we were going to do it again this year, but you know, the world is a different place right now. Yes. And uh, you know, TBD for next year, uh, you know, I'm on the docket, but we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens. That would be uh, next October, but yeah, it's um, it's been really, really cool. Um, you know, on the forums for those that don't know the Bigger Pockets forums is just such a good place to, if you have an idea in real estate, property management, you know, anything in that space, you throw in a couple questions and there's a lot of people, uh, qualified people that, uh, that will be able to, you know, answer those questions. And it's nice that you can see their credentials, you know, it shows how many posts they've made their own, how, um, they've made on their own, how many questions they've answered. So yeah, a uh, really cool space. That's awesome. Awesome to hear. So, uh, let's, let's get to it. Um, you know, obviously we're in the middle of still a global pandemic. And I feel like every time, you know, we're doing a podcast, I'm still saying, oh, we're still in this. And like, yes, we are still in this. Um, but the reality is there, you know, life still goes on. We are still figuring out how to navigate it. Property managers are doing the same. I'm curious what investment trends that you've seen in the housing and rental markets um, and verticals that you've invested in um, throughout this, this pandemic. Yeah, well, you know, um, for those that are that dealt with this within kind of a city core like me, I'm I'm a city boy, uh, and I think really quickly we started to realize that there is a general trend for people not to be wanting to be boxed up in a uh, you know 500 square foot, 700 square foot condo. Sure. So I've seen definitely a trend towards both individuals as people buying real estate for themselves as well as investors starting to um, look more seriously at the single family space again, which for a number of years, you know, there was a question of, you know, whether young professionals wanted to work downtown, they wanted to be in city cores and 24 hour cities, and they wouldn't have a need or a want to, to be in suburbia. And I think we're starting to see that change a little bit as the millennials and, you know, I'm 31, so I'm kind of on that on that higher end of the millennials. But we are starting to see a lot of uh, a lot of younger people starting to rethink 
uh, the suburbs and rethink suburban living and single family homes. So just as a result of that, and it's probably too early to tell because, you know, this has been a phenomenon for only so long. It feels like it's been forever. Um, sure. but <laughs> it yeah. feels like it. Yes. Yeah, no, it, it feels like we've been in this for a while, but you know, from a, uh, you know, real estate trend point of view, it's, it's, it's not too long, but the reality is I think we're going to see more people investing in single family and, you know, in just to kind of make that a holistic point, I think we're going to also start seeing just redevelopment of land. Uh, so a lot of retail, you know, that has been built, I think that's going to be converted uh, to highest and best use with which a lot of times is residential real estate. Yeah, that's a really good point. We've definitely been seeing that on the property management side as well, uh, that there's more demand in general for, uh, for single family rentals. Um, and this was a trend that was honestly already uh, gaining steam before the pandemic, uh, as you know, more affluent renters were actually renting more often um, just to get the convenience of renting and because maybe, you know, uh, they moved from one job to the next and they had a family. So then therefore the most convenient thing was to rent. So we were seeing that a lot. And now, of course, with the pandemic, that trend is just highlighted. And I guess we'll see over the long term if it sticks. Um, now, question for you. Could you let us know and let us in on your monthly routine for managing investments? Because like I was saying before, I'm sure a lot of property managers who are out there, you know, first they want to know like sort of how to get into your psyche to understand the psyche of a, of an investor and sort of what you're doing these days and what that routine looks like. Yeah. So I could kind of give you um, just an understanding with the framework now that we have third par third party property management for, uh, for all of our um, real estate now. And so part of that routine for me is, is basically, being the, uh, you know, the managing the manager or the asset manager. For me, you know, at the end of the day, just the overview monthly is that we go in, we review expenses, we see if there's any special projects we're working on, uh, making sure, you know, all those expenses are up to date and, and they're paid. Uh, then on the income side, making sure that all tenants are paid up and then more of a housekeeping thing, whether, you know, provincial or state, uh, you know, depending on where you're listening to this, uh, we go through, are there, are they, proper forms filed in the event that we do have somebody that's not paying rent or we, you know, we have to file an eviction and, um, or if there's, you know, a calendar event like raising rent. So all of that stuff is what we do monthly. And what's great is when you have a property manager that is in sync with you and that they will be able to have that stuff relatively automated so that when you do have that conversation, you know, it's, it's, it's a very quick call and it's a very uh, a quick review of what you're doing. Right, right. So you're getting monthly updates. Um, yeah. And and you know what I was going to say too, like we, we've had properties where there's just not enough tenants to have monthly updates. Like, you know, what, almost everything we, we do now, especially today is digital. So, you know, we could go three, four months without, uh, you know, talking to our property manager and usually our, you know, in our property management contracts, we just have a bit of a fail safe that, any expenses over X price, uh, you know, that we, we are notified and for approval. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think it's, that, that's interesting to know that just based on the amount of stake you have and the amount of revenue you're getting, uh, I guess it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> will we'll also dictate the amount of ten attention and communication you want for that kind of property. hundred percent logical. Um, what kind of digital services do you require and expect to come along with a property manager's service? So I've found that 
depending on the property manager, they're going to have their different, um, you know, di they're going to use different software. So sure. for us, it, we, we will kind of talk to property managers to like, when we initially say, for instance, to give an example, if we enter a new market, you know, say we're, we're going to a, a new city and we don't have any, uh, connections with property managers there in our process of reviewing property managers. That's when we'll ask kind of what, what uh, do they use? And for us, we're not as complicated that as long as they have, you know, I'm sure if you got, you guys have heard of last pass where you can, you can give somebody your password, it's encrypted. So I'm, I am not afraid of having property managers use software that's native to us. So for instance, if, you know, we use QuickBooks online for bookkeeping, just as an example, not, not necessarily for a property manager. And then my bookkeeper can go in there and, and do what she needs to do on that. In the same way, we give our property managers pretty much the ability to, to access any of our software. But in terms of what software do we require of them, it's not so much software that we require. It's that we, you know, we have a, um, some sort of cloud that we both work in. So for us, it's simply Google Drive. Um, one, one drive with others that we have a process and we talk about it at the beginning that, you know, if this happens, we need this uploaded here, uh, monthly statements and, and an actual physical copy of receipts. Uh, we want them scanned and put here. And, and that's kind of just organizing that at the outset is, uh, is really the crucial thing for us. Uh, and in terms of the actual property management, I really, I'll defer to the, to the property manager, to what, whatever they use, you know, as long as it's not so arcane that it, uh, you know, they can't pull reports for us. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's actually interesting there. And there's a lot of opportunity, uh, I think in the area of communication, uh, to owners and, you know, just to shamelessly self promote and give a plug for building. one of the features that we're, we're releasing, uh, we've released recently is around an owner portal and making that more, uh, more enabled for mobile. So I know a lot of people these days, uh, especially investors, can be out and about or whether you're just around your house, it's nice to be able to say, oh, how is, the, how is that property doing? Let me just pull up my phone and check. And having that level of connectivity is, is huge. Um, and again, if the information is there, then you don't have to reach out to them and ask for it. It's just right there. You've got it. And, and you're good. So that's awesome to hear that you're, you're sort of used to collaborating uh, that way digitally. And I'm sure that it just varies with each property manager. Um, do you have any sort of specific checklist that you, that you look to? Um, like when you sort of go through all the different uh, elements uh, of communication? You know, it's not so much any formal checklist. Like, you know, we've been doing this enough that enough times that, uh, or long enough, I should say that we kind of have a rhythm with our property manager and, you know, oftentimes we're talking to the property manager at some point of, you know, about something about the building in the month. So, you know, inherently stuff will come up, you know, other things will come up and, and we'll chat about them. But for the most part, it's been more informal. The one nice thing that w would be great to have and, and we, you know, and, and I think this is where software and companies are, you know, can kind of bridge the gap is having, you know, progress reports. Uh, you know, if you have something going on, say an eviction of a tenant, mm -hmm. going to one place of, okay, I know we, we gave the go ahead to go, you know, go file this form. What's yep. the status of that rather than, you know, constantly trading emails to be like, you know, uh, I meant to follow up. How's everything going? Oh, I told you last week. Oh, you know what I mean? And then it just, it, it's out in the ether and, you know, if you, unless you're really on top of it, you can, you can lose sight of everything. 
Yeah, and what's actually really interesting about that point, I think, is you know all of that can be accomplished in an owner portal. Um, but but there's also an element to any sort of portal, any sort of uh, communication technology that I think you have to value, that we have to value in this industry is the the repetition and the discipline of using it. If if you get used to going there and you can depend on that channel, then great. But if if it's not always accurate and you feel like to get an answer, you're waiting too long, then you might sort of uh, use that channel less. So it's definitely, I think, a matter of repetition. So it's awesome to hear that. Yeah, I think you definitely have to have both pe- both parties bought in. You, not, you have to have the property manager using it and you have to have the owner using it because what ends up happening, I've seen this even at on the enterprise level, <clears throat> excuse me, um, as a broker where, you know, if the if you're looking for an update on something and you see you know, if there was five tasks and in that portal, two of them have been done and you're like, well, where's number three? And then you pick up the phone and say, Hey, um, what happened on this? Oh yeah, no, I meant to upload that. And it's like, then it defeats kind of the whole purpose because you're physically having to call and it totally defeats the purpose. Um, <laughs> so, uh, along those lines, do you have an example, uh, of when you were just completely surprised by the value that uh, a property manager added to your investments that you didn't expect? Yeah, I think one thing I, I say oftentimes with new investors, and, and maybe it's, it, it, it might tell me if this is a, you know, if this is an acceptable answer, because it's not so much about the, the property management itself that has surprised me. I've always valued property, property managers and good property managers I hold in high regard because it's one of those jobs where you do not get a call typically for somebody saying, hey, nothing's wrong with my building. Great job. You know, you get a call when there's a fire. Um, <laughs> there's something seriously wrong. There's a flood there, you know. Yeah. So, so I've always, I've always really respect, respected good property managers. And that's the, the operable word. But one thing I've found that I've really valued over the years is that when you are going into a new area and you're starting to create a relationship with a property manager, they have so much information that you're not going to read on MLS. You're not going to read on a, on a, um, you know, some marketing piece of information from a broker. And when you talk to a property manager and then you seriously say to them, I'm investing in this area. I have this 20 unit, uh, multifamily apartment tied up. Uh, we're looking at seriously hiring a property manager. You could be that person. What can you tell us about the area? Can you take a look at this rent roll? Does, Does this seem reasonable? Uh, in terms of what the rent they're getting. And man, there's so many times a property manager will, just because they've been on boots on the ground for the number of years in that area, they'll tell you, you know, this area is real bad because of this, or those rents are actually really undervalued. It's great building there. So my point is the property manager should be part, in my opinion, of an investor's calculus when they're going into a market, because they just have information that you don't, get unless you work in an area and you're physically there day in day out yeah that's a great point and i think i i think i read an article that you wrote like along those same lines which which of course i love to see because uh you know for for building and property managers are the are the stars of the show um and that's great uh now continuing on you know within the next five to ten years uh, how do you expect that value to to rise i mean clearly we're going through a global pandemic. Boots on the ground uh, right now are, are essential, extremely helpful to anybody uh, who is managing something remotely or has a property in another state. Um, so yeah, where do you see that value going? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, 
if I, if I knew the tech trends, you know, I'd, I'd put money on, you know, I'd, I try to be a millionaire or billionaire here, but you know, I think technology is going to continue doing what it's been doing. So we were talking a little bit before the show, how people that maybe had an aversion or were just not willing to put in the time and effort to learn zoom or Skype have kind of been forced to get into that if they want to continue operating. I think the same thing is happening in real estate and in prop tech. I think we are seeing that more and more you're able to automate things, uh, whether that's, you know, building key pass entry and being able to have uh, a server that, you know, you have hot desks and you're moving to different spots. Or if you have from, you know, the residential point of view, you have building management systems where everything is running seamlessly enough that you don't have to deal with every little thing and actually drive out there. And we've seen that over the last 10 years, you know, even 10 years ago to today, I think the prospect of owning something more than an hour away from your home is you know, people don't even really think about it in the investing world. Right. They're like, yeah, you know, if it's, if it's three hours, it could be 30 hours. So, you know, if you can still manage it uh, from, you know, having boots on the ground property management, I think what we've learned over this pandemic on the residential side and commercial for that matter, is that um, the resources and the property managers are essential because they are literally the essential workers at on, on our buildings. And when we can't go physically, whether because there's a, a state ordinance or there's a city a reason preventing us, our essential workers, which I consider property managers and building operators, they're the really the only ones that are going to be able to help you in that situation. And I think that has been illustrated by talking to investors that were closing deals as the pandemic was happening and, you know, having to close on deals and really have, having to rely on those property managers and operators. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, it is interesting to, to, to see how the investment, uh, investment in housing markets has just opened up globally because of, because of COVID. And it was already happening again before this. It's just probably now going to be accelerated, especially after all of this um, hopefully passes us by soon. Um, now tell me this, Jesse, how do property managers win your business? Um, so, tough question. I know it's a tough question. Yeah. You know, I, by making it very easy for us to, you know, rely on, on that property management, I think um, property management for, from my point of view is, is very much uh, a profession that starts with integrity at the top. And I don't mean that in like a highfalutin way. I mean, legit, like literally, if you don't feel that your property manager has integrity, then it's pretty much lights out because you have somebody that is managing your baby. And a lot to a lot of people, maybe it's their first or only investment property. And it really is their baby. It's, it is maybe the probably the largest purchase they've ever made in their life. Uh, and something that's really important to them economically, which by extension would be something important to them familially, you know, that that is their family's property or family's number of properties. And if they can't trust the property manager that they have, then it's just, it's going to be very challenging. So I guess the, you know, the follow-up with that would be, how does that manifest, right? You, you know, put, right. put integrity on a resume and you're okay. I'm good. Yeah. So I, I think what, I think, um, you know, I can't remember who said the quote where, you know, the best, um, the best way you can, you know, you can talk about yourself or, or convince somebody that 
that um, they should hire you is, is by having somebody else, you know, a friend of that person tell them, you know, so that referral point. So if, if I have other people in my network telling me, you know, John, he, his company's fantastic. He's done this amount of work. He's helped me out in this way. Then immediately I'm, you know, multitudes more likely to, to believe that this, this person or, you know, this company is going to be a company I want to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, amazing point. Um, now this is an even more fun question. Uh, as an investor, what services are you willing to pay a premium for? So that, um, what we were talking about there, the, the idea of having an automated portal, if it, if it's done properly, that is something that I would actually pay more for. If, if that means that, uh, when a tenant moves in, uh, you know, here's the process that, you know, this tenant came in on this date. Uh, this is what was done to the suite. So that online portal, so I can see when tenants enter, when tenants leave, mm -hmm. and then, you know, if there's actual management of, uh, projects that you're doing. So, you know, if we say second floor, two suites are being renovated, I want to be able to click into the status of that and see what's going on. What has been paid? What hasn't been paid? Uh, you know, maybe there was an order. It was the wrong order for say a shelving unit. I want to be able to get at that granular level. Not that I need to do it every month and really read every single thing, but having that ability that if I need to take a look and like, it's kind of the pulse of your building. If, something's going on. I just want to be able to see, you know, the status of, uh, of all these little different projects that may be going on in, in a month or in a year. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's great to hear. And, and honestly, uh, as well, we've done some research on that in the 2021, um, state of the property management industry report, uh, which I will put a link to, uh, in the description below. But again, uh, that also breaks down the kinds of technology that, uh, that owners and property owners are expecting and like to see. Um, now we're getting close to the end of the, the interview here. Um, now, last thing for you, I, I and uh, we talked about how how you know I like music. I play the guitar. Uh, you also play the guitar. I can see one back there. Um, what's your who's your favorite guitar hero? And uh, if you have a favorite solo, that's yeah. Cool. So <laughs> it's actually funny. It was on a call where somebody was one of our clients was like, "Is that really just a prop?" And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'll play it for you. Ha ha. They're like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, they go for it. All right, I'll play it. So yeah, no, there was a lot of trust there. Yeah, I play, I've been playing guitar since I was younger. Um, I don't know for you, it's, you know, finding less and less time these days because we're just busy. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, you used to be able to go seven, eight hours in high school and just keep, put your head down. But right. um, it's, not a, uh, it's not a trend thing just because of the, the sad news we got about Eddie Van Halen recently passing away. But Eddie Van Halen was my all-time favorite uh, guitarist. Uh, I just, when I started playing guitar, I, for whatever reason, he was, you know, he was the guy that I gravitated towards uh, and then got really into his type of solos, Van Halen, uh, Spanish Fly, Eruption, just, yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. I mean, when I saw tapping for the first time, it blew, you know, the back of my head off. So that was, <laughs> that was sweet. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was, you know, for those of you who haven't heard Eddie Van Halen's story, it's a, it's a really impressive one. Uh, his family, uh, actually he used to, he originally, uh, used to live, um, in the Netherlands and they moved to LA and he was sort of always around music, but another like really fun, uh, piece of information about Eddie Van Halen, just because I know this is like totally unrelated to property management, but that's okay. Um, uh, is that he 
uh, actually improvised one of his most popular solos, which was actually the solo from Michael Jackson's Beat It. Yeah, Beat It. Improvised. One of the most iconic guitar solos ever played. Was yeah, improv- that, that's my go-to if anybody's like, I don't like that type of music. Do you ever hear the song Beat It? One of the best <laughs> songs in the world? Yeah, that was him. <laughs> and <laughs> it's probably dating me a little bit, but I remember uh, I would go to uh, the, the, I don't know if it's still in print today, but Guitar World uh, magazine where they would have uh, sometimes have guitarists where they give you the setup that that guitarist has. So where you, you know, you kind of fiddle with all like the knobs and usually you have the equipment that's a fraction of the, of the cost of his, but you can still phaser this, uh, gain this and then be like, Oh my God, I'm almost playing Eddie Van Halen's guitar. Just not as well (laughs) at all. Well, I'll tell you what, Jesse, for, for those property managers who are guitar players out there, we were just able to nerd out a little oh, bit with huge, them. Huge value out there. For the rest of you, we apologize. Yeah, if not, if you don't play guitar, sorry. Um, but, but with that said, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, you know, hope we can do it again soon. And for those of you out there uh, listening, watching, um, you know, you can visit Jesse Fergala's YouTube page. He's got an awesome website. He's always creating great content, uh, usually weekly. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's been great to talk with you, Jesse. We hope to, uh, to talk with you again soon. Yeah, sounds good. And if, uh, you know, if anybody wants to kind of hear more, uh, whether it's in the investing or property management side, you can check uh, our podcast out, Working Capital, the real estate podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. But Tony, thanks so much. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. All right, take it easy. Wow, what a great combo. It seems like Tony and Jesse are already new best friends. It seems like, you know, at this point for many investors, many owners, having software, a property management company that's using tech end to end is pretty table stakes at this point. Like he just assumes that everyone's going to be using tech and it makes their life easier. Um, they don't have to have super regular check-ins. It's more of like something's happening. He can pull reports, get information on his own, but um, what I really liked was that he even said it's all about creating the relationship with the property manager and he's now managing properties that are really far away. So he's leaning on the property managers to like know the area, be able to check in on the properties. Um, so that was really cool. Like it's still always comes back to the human element and the relationship, which um, is really important. Definitely. And you know, Tony, I liked that um, you asked him very directly about uh, what services, what additional services he would be willing to pay a premium for. You know, we've been talking about this for the last couple of years about how, Rachel, like you were saying, there are certain table stakes that property owners expect and the way to differentiate and the way to diversify your revenue streams is by offering expertise-based services. And I feel like maybe people have been a little bit hesitant or maybe shy to think about um, adding that to their repertoire, but I mean, he came right out and said, yes, this, 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 you know, and so it's, um, Property managers have a lot to offer beyond rent collection and maintenance. Tony, guess what my favorite part about it was? Just guess. Uh, the part where we talked about the guitarists. <laughs> that was a total curveball. I wasn't expecting that. And I learned a few things. It was, it was the part where you were like, Jesse, how do I win your business? He led with saying, uh, profession, you have to have high integrity. That's where it starts. and you know, that's his moral compass. So to hear that, that was so refreshing. Yeah, that was that was cool because he wants to do business with people that sort of align with his values. 
and and at the end of the day that's really that that just goes to to show you like understanding the needs and the wants of this type of client is really at the heart of what will help you win their business and uh you know at the end of the day i think there's just so much opportunity like you know rachel p uh Rachel Graham, like you're both talking about technology, but you're talking about like getting to know that investor. And even with what Jesse said about how people are delivering service to him, there are still opportunities that I could tell, I could see uh, with him specifically where he could be maybe served even better by using an owner portal or by, you know, getting those sort of check-ins that he wants. Um, so yeah, I just think so much opportunity for this audience out there. And with that said, I think that really wraps it up for this episode. Uh, you know, I hope for all of you out there, it was uh, educational. You learned a couple things. Uh, and in addition to that, uh, of course, um, you know, there's a, a link to Jesse's page below in the description so you can check out some of the stuff that he's created as well in his content. Uh, but we will look to you for next episodes. Like, what do you want to hear? Well, let us know. You can email us at podcast at and uh, of course, always give us a five-star rating. Share the podcast far and wide. Uh, we love to hear from you. So with that said, uh, thanks everybody for joining and um, until next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Buildium's The Property Manager Podcast. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating on iTunes. The Property Manager Podcast can be found at buildium.com slash podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on an upcoming episode, reach out to us at podcast at buildium.com or on any of our social media accounts. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.